0: Hello and welcome to the movie podcast. My name is Daniel, and joining me today is Shabazz. Hey, 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 and Anthony.
1: Hello, everyone. How you guys doing today? Good, doing, doing pretty good, man. Uh, you know, I've been—I uh, got kind of sick over the week, not like COVID sick, luckily, but I had a little sore throat. So, mm-hmm. you know, other than that, uh, been been doing as well as I can in these times. We're reaching one year of craziness. We are. So. We're, we
0: were looking at the. Like, what we were doing a year ago. And we're like, oh, look at these first, like, news stories. Oh, can you believe they've pushed Fast 9 a year? <laughs> and mm-hmm. now we are like, that
2: movie's probably not even coming out this year. <laughs> yeah, honestly, It's crazy. Anthony, how are you doing, though? Same old, same old. It's it's I can't believe it's a year, almost. And, you know, I'm glad, like, even though we have gone through some of the craziest times of our, you know, life in a year, um, I'm glad that uh, our podcast is still flourishing
1: oh thanks we're flourishing we're doing well and
2: we're not running to you know purchase all the toilet paper in the world no remember that 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 whole thing that was crazy like
0: we like maybe in march we'll we'll do like we'll we'll look back as one of our topic of the shows like what were we really like thinking last year because like I, i was telling you guys like last year feels like a complete blur to me yeah like even now i'm like it's not 20 it's 2021 now we're going into march 2021 it is yeah
2: it's crazy it doesn't feel real in the beginning it felt like you know world war z like, it that did. was like we were gonna get stuck in we were gonna get stuck in traffic jams trying to get out of our cities <laughs> for some reason and
1: well i was stuck in another country yeah it's true yeah, yeah
0: it's true. true 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 guys as always you can catch a brand new episode of the movie podcast every single monday across all your favorite podcast services if you want to write in be part of the show give us your comments suggestions and corrections head over to at the movie podcast on instagram and twitter and you could be part of the show also you could see all the awesome things that we're making on our social channels because there's a lot of fun stuff especially coming this week but we'll tell you about that soon um you already know this but we are on a mission right now to hit 200 apple podcast reviews and ratings before september so please head over to our show page on apple podcast drop us a rating a review let us know if you what you like about the show let us know what you don't like about the show but maybe message that us separately so Mm -hmm. it doesn't ruin our perfect five stars right now um but no that would mean a lot to us if you could do that um you already know we have lots of reviews on the podcast feed right now wandavision episode seven nomadland i care a lot judas and the black messiah malcolm and marie the little things all of our Sundance movies are all on our podcast feed, so make sure you check it out. Coming this week on the feed, Minari and Cherry, um, two separate movies, Minari and Cherry, coming out Both this foods week. as both, well. Both foods, it's true. Yeah. Um, they're coming this week on the movie podcast feed. Of course, our WandaVision episode eight review will be out on Friday as well, so there's a lot of stuff to keep you on the movie podcast feed this week, and you already know we're going to Sundance as well in March, so... No, that, we're not. We're not. We're not going there. We're, we're not, going to by South by Southwest, Southwest though. Yeah. Where, what did I say? Sundance. Sundance. We went to Sundance. We already went there. We already went there. Yeah, let's we're go going back to time. South by Southwest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, my mind's a blur right now. We're going to South by Southwest in March, um, and that's also the same week as Snyder Cut. Same week as uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There's a lot of stuff happening in March, so it's going to be a lot of fun. And Shay,
1: tell us what next week's all about on the movie podcast. The next week, man, we're going to get radical cowabunga dudes we're gonna go back to the 90s dude
2: eat my shorts I, eat my shorts eat my shorts i remember all the 90s <laughs> slang at
1: one time <laughs> it was cowabunga 90s things though yeah.
2: or was that yeah. was that was
0: that more 90s than was the more 80s 90s, yeah. i would say yeah.
2: more 90s yeah
1: yeah okay. newton New yeah ninja turtles yeah. uh it was kind of rad rad's more 80s i think
2: rad is more 80s yeah, yeah.
1: What else do we have? We had, we had Boss. Shaka's
2: were, were 90s. Shaka's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> Shaka's are the... Yeah, the,
1: thing. the bomb. The bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Booyah. Booyah, baby. Booyah.
2: <laughs> yeah, There's baby,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's a little Austin Powers for you. Who there. the hell
2: are you? Oh, what the hell's your bomb, oh. man? Why are you yelling That was at a me? good one. That is that, was that rad, rad was i 90s say that one. as a kid rad was rad was a i grew up yeah, in the yeah. 90s and i would say to strangers who the hell are you
1: i think did you grow up in like a really tough oh. neighborhood or something <laughs> <You> <laughs>
0: who the hell are you man <laughs> you need to tell them talk
1: to the hand
2: oh talk, talk, to, to, the the hand. Hand talk to the hand, hand is a big
1: one i think cool also like cool, cool really started in the 90s but
0: like 90s 90s was dope
1: like dope dope you know like
0: i still use that i, I still use that too yeah. i always i always think of like the 90s was like when you think back, like to even marketing, then it was like the kind of like the attitude era, right? It was all about like like punk. That's like let's like oh, it's Mario, but it's like crazy Mario. Yeah, Mario's you know. on crack, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's it's like like that attitude era. You yeah, know? yeah. So it was a very attitude era.
1: Yeah. So we're gonna go we're gonna go back into the '90s. We're gonna talk about all of our favorite '90s movies. So if you want to head over to you know at the movie podcast on twitter or instagram let us know what are your some of your favorite 90s films and what do you want us to talk about about the 90s do you want to talk about if you were born in the 90s do you want us to talk about what your your star is maybe oh your astrological star or what's yours we'll tell you the movie that was number one at the box office
0: when you were born (laughs) when you were born (laughs) that's how you find out what your star is that's true that's true
1: we should we should i don't we'll find that out for next week i don't know anything about horoscopes or zodiacs so i i usually when people ask me like oh yeah what's your star I, I tell them as if it means something. Uh, oh, Brad to Pitt. Me. Brad Pitt's my star. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, um, yeah, he's a big, big star. My Brad Pitt's in Rising right now.
2: Yes. There's, there's not one star better than the other star. That's the problem. I don't right? know. Is there? I don't know. I, I don't think so. Everyone has what do their present. We're the same. We're Libra. We're well, Libra. That's true. Yeah, yeah, I'm Aries. So. You're like yeah. God, of you oh. God of War.
1: God
0: of War. Oh! do you know we're sworn enemies? Though. <laughs> Did you know that? At Libra and Aries. This How dare you? Fucking Aries. Uh, but yeah, next week's going to be a lot of fun. I think the 90s were such like. Uh, a defining time for movies. They're the, I think they're the films that are the most, um, I mean, like feel the most like time stamped sometimes because they're in yes. that era of technology. Uh, technologies is, is starting to get better, yeah. but the effects look a lot worse.
2: It's compared to now. Of, I will, I don't want to say dawn, but it is the start of you know, blockbusters. Yes, the summer yeah. you, because we had Indiana Jones and Star Wars before that, but yeah. like we had Indiana Jones and Star Wars every single week in the nineties. Yeah. Kind of thing. Right.
1: Yeah, you get, get like
0: four movies in one month, that right. are like Big blockbusters. Yeah, so like, I'm excited just to talk about those big blockbusters. If you guys remember, episode 20 of our show, this was all the way we back talked in, about the 1920s. We, <laughs> no, episode 20 of our show, which feels like so long ago, we spoke about 1999 in movies yeah. because we're like, oh, let's look at 20 years ago in the movies. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to now look at the whole decade with you guys. It's gonna yeah. be a lot of fun. Me too, guys. It's time. Let's get into the news. Oh, that was beautiful. Dangerous. It was dangerous. It was dangerous. We got five news stories this week, starting with the Flash movie enlists Sasha Calais as Supergirl. This is coming from Aaron Couch of The Hollywood Reporter. Actor Sasha Calais is learning to fly after getting some uplifting news from the Flash directi- uh, director, Andy Muschietti. Um, um, in a video posted to Instagram, the filmmaker informed Callie that he had cast her as Supergirl. The actor known for The Young and the Restless joins a cast that also includes Ezra Miller as Barry Allen, The Flash, as well as Michael Keane and Ben Affleck, both playing versions of Batman, Billy Crudup, as uh, as well as Barry's father. And The Flash is due out November 4th, 2022. Some big news. uh, Again, I don't think any of us were anticipating Supergirl being cast in this. Nope. Um, but Anthony, starts off with your thoughts on this.
2: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched the video of the whole the whole thing going down. It's actually pretty. It's pretty touching because she was <laughs> he so teases her so much. She was so like I guess it must have been uh quite a bit of a a hire for her and a bunch of other women probably casted for it. But um, she when she hurt when she he, he's teasing her about do you know how to fly? And like, what do you mean? fly? And like, <laughs> what are you you're saying super And she just breaks down and she's yeah. like, man, this, you can see she really wanted this role and it must, it, it's hard for an actress or an actor to break out in a role. That's this big. Yeah. And there, it's like the NFL, like you either get it or you don't. Right. And being an actor is very similar. You go to LA, every single person's an actor and actress. Mm. Right. Um, but I'm really glad that she got it. I don't I've never seen any of her stuff. I know she's been on you know, the rest. Like she's a soap you know, actress. She's a right? soap actress.
0: Or like she's an actress who is on a soap, I should say. But, yeah. like, but and uh, she's Latina as well, which is yeah. which is a huge deal 'cause we, again we've never had a supergirl that's Latina. We've always had the the supergirl look kind of be like blonde hair, blue eyes, like Helen Slater played her in the in the nineteen eighties movie, and then uh Laura Vanderport in Smallville and then Melissa Oh uh, my god. No, not Melissa McCarthy uh, on the <laughs> Flash, know, but,
1: but she was more Burnett, right? Melissa. Yeah, but I Bernard think Benoit,
0: but yeah, who's on? Who's like in Whiplash yeah. and the Supergirl show on the CW? So it's cool seeing this, and yeah. I think what's more surprising is like, okay, Supergirl is in the Flash movie. Yeah, uh, Shay, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I, I again, I didn't know that they were doing casting for this at all, so mm. this kind of seemed like a surprise. <laughs> Uh, I wonder if she even knew what she was auditioning for. You know, I'm kind of wondering like how much information do they kind of have going into it. I'm curious as to if this is Supergirl. Are we gonna see Cavill Superman come back? I hope it's the same suit. You know, it's the same style suit. Like, there's just so many questions up in the air right now. I sure, yeah, I'm more than down for Supergirl, but where did this come from? This seems so out of left field. It really does. Like it, because again, we think back to. When the
0: Flash movie was announced all the way back in 2014, you're like, okay, this character is going to be in Batman vs. Superman and in Justice League, and now he's going to be in his own movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we know Cyborg was supposed to be in this movie, but now he's not in it. And now Supergirl's in it. So it's like, yeah,
1: where does she really fit in? Fit into all of this. It, and yeah, it just kind of like um, further. Pushes the agenda that WB has kind of no idea what's going on right now.
2: They're not sure what they're doing with their DCEU. Yeah.
1: Every movie is kind of like, oh, let's do our
0: own thing. Yeah.
2: Right. Right. And it's, but it's strange because they're still playing on Zack's, I feel like they're playing on Zack Snyder's vision, 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 vision of yeah. DC universe. Because remember back with Superman Man of Steel, there was that deleted scene where one of the cockpits inside of the Kryptonian ship. Um, is open everyone else is dead but there's one that's open and that could be her story like maybe this is that same person i don't know but ben affleck's in it he's playing batman uh ezra miller's in it he's playing flash so it just this whole environment that they're creating seems like they're still going through that it's snyder's
0: Snyder's version but i mean it'd be cool like honestly like if for some reason like the flash like half the travel like Somehow he gets to Krypton. Like, it'd be so cool seeing, like, the events of Man of Steel. Because, like, that opening sequence in Man of Steel is amazing Mm -hmm. on Krypton. Yeah. Like, seeing that and seeing Russell Crowe as, like, Jor-El again. And then you see, kind of, Superman go off. And then she kind of probably has her own story. Do you think this will lead to her own movie?
2: Yes. Yeah. Well, it all depends on how well she does. But I think when you cast someone like this in a role like this.
1: I think it'll, they'll announce a movie for, for sure, but uh, <laughs> that's typical WB fashion. Yeah. They'll be like, yeah, Supergirl coming in 2026, and then will we know anything about it or will it actually come out? Who no. knows?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We'll see. We'll see. Continuing on the news story
0: this week, Martin Scorsese says, cinema is being devalued to content, an essay criticizing modern film industry. This is coming from Haley uh, Bosselman of Variety. In an essay long praise of film legend Fred... Um, Federico Fellini, as part of the March issue of Harper's Magazine, Martin Scorsese laments over the devaluing of cinema. As recently as 15 years ago, the term content was heard only when people were discussing the cinema on a serious level, and it has contrasted with the measures against form, he wrote. Then gradually, it it was used more by the people who took over media companies, most of whom knew nothing about history of the art form, or even cared enough to think that they should. Scorsese goes on to say, if further, if further viewing is suggested by algorithms based on what you've already seen, and the suggestions are based only on the subject matter of genre, then what does it do to the art of cinema? So this, is, this has been making the rounds on Twitter a lot this week, saying Scorsese kind of criticizing uh, movies and TV shows kind of being viewed as content instead of pieces of art, and also says that the curation that these platforms are giving is not great. Um what do you guys think of this?
1: I mean, Scorchus is kind of known for busting out these uh these opinions every once in a while. I mean we, t- we look back at his his opinion on Marvel films. Yes, yeah,
0: last year. Or no, sorry,
1: two years ago. That was October twenty nineteen. Yes, sorry, yes, you're right. My timeline is totally off. Yeah. But yes, you're right. Um so to to hear him say this it it makes sense, but I feel like you know, when, when Martin started making movies um, at that time period versus now, uh, you're, you can, I, I think you can still look at movies today as some sort of art, but it's, like, really artist subjective, right? So when you look at it, some people will be like, oh, yeah, totally that. To me, uh, National Lampoon's Vacation, the one with the uh, Ed Helms. Oh, Vacation. Yeah, Vacation, whatever yeah. it's called. Um, that is not art to me at all. But to some people that are, that really like that kind of film, right. that might be art to them. These new DC films—they're art to me because they're literally comic book artists who are creating these kind of films, right? Sure. So, yeah, I, it's 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 interesting that now a lot of what we're seeing is it is kind of like it's content. I, I right. understand where he's coming or labeled as content or right? labeled as yeah. content. But I I think it just comes down to the viewer.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think there's anything, like, I understand, like, when you label something as content, yes, you're not looking at it as, like, the grand scheme of things. But, like, I think it's just, I think it's okay just to say, like, yes, this is, when we refer to something as content for, like, Netflix, content for your platform, Mm -hmm. yes, that's just, like, at least for me, like, when when I say it or when we say it, I think we're just saying it as a quick way of saying, look at the movies and TV shows they have on their platform. You know like I'm not I'm not saying content is like oh it's disposable it's just it's just filler it's not because I mean like Scorsese of all people is now working with these streaming services mm-hmm. to to make stuff for them right so like his film Fl- Killers of the Flower Moon or whatever it's called where and The Irishman that's content for Netflix and content for Apple TV plus true but it's still a film like I think all films are consi- are are art and are considered that I just think when we call it content um we're just referring just, to yeah, it, at, in, the, it in the plural yeah. form, right? But I do think he's right when it comes down to, like, curating stuff. Because when you, when you open up Netflix, or I think Netflix is the biggest guilty, like, guiltiest party here, is when you open up Netflix, if there's something new that day, like, it's kind of hard to f- discover things on Netflix. Like, new content especially, right? Or, mm-hmm. like, new movies and shows. Like, they'll kind of show you things based on what you've watched before. But, like, there's some really good deep cuts that, like, it doesn't really know you that well, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, I can't find this. Or when one night in Miami came out and I remember going up on Amazon prime, it wasn't on the main page. So I'm like, how is this movie that's most likely going to win a bunch of Oscars, not on the main page right now? It's crazy. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Anthony?
2: I, I totally understand where he's coming from. It's a generational thing. It must be because I think so. Yeah. He grew up in a time and he was making movies when movies were not based. Like they weren't, valued for the money they take in mm-hmm. rather than right. the art that was shown. And, and he, I think he's having a hard time dealing with that because he feels like a lot of the movies that are made now are just to get more money right. rather than just the art. Like, for instance, you take a movie like The Godfather. Right. That was a movie that was based on this book and it was really well done and, and it's a s- cinematic experience. But you haven't had a Godfather in the past 10 years type of thing. The, 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 that caliber of movie that has become timeless. Mm-hmm. What was the last timeless movie you've seen? That
0: like that, I, I, But again, like, it's, it's different. I, it's so hard to say because like, I could say like a, game, a movie like Avengers Endgame, for example, mm-hmm. is a film that culturally everybody knows and will reference mm-hmm. in the same vein as Godfather was of its time. Right. Right? But Scorsese may argue like, well, no, that's a that that's an amusement park ride. Right. That's a roller coaster. Right, but like it's all subjective to the time it's in as well. Right? A hundred percent. So it's it, it's 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 so hard to say. Like again, like, I totally get him in the sense of saying, like, yeah, like there's a devaluing to I think to movies and TV shows sometimes. And I think especially in the early days of streaming services, we always said, like, yeah, this feels like a Netflix movie. You know, like this feels like like it kind of feels like just under like what you under the experience that you would want in the movie theater. Mm -hmm. But I think we're starting to get better than that now with with the I mean, look at Wandavision for example. Like Wandavision is a show, but it has like the production value of a movie. You know, it's just hard to call it just content.
2: But will it get lost in other shows that come out? Right, if you continuously make new things and you spoil your audience. What happens is they want more all the time, right, and there is this la- there's a disconnect
0: like like for I guess for savoring it, right? yeah, yeah, I mean I, I totally see that, but like it's a different time now, I think, right like we're in a time where if you're not making content or you're not making something, somebody else is, and like and that's just where we are right now there, I don't think right. there's a way of solving that no, there isn't there's it's... no way of changing because like it's like that box has been open now this is this is how it is, Netflix has a new movie every week this year, yeah and you know? I think
2: that's where he that generational gap because at that when he was making films more often it was you know one film a year right and it really lasted and was like it hit hard yeah. and now we're in this environment where there's seven movies in one week yeah
1: yeah
0: Marvel is going to have four movies this year right which is crazy to think and and I think back to that quote of Nolan when Christopher Nolan was being kind of interviewed about you know he was like praising the MCU for what's been able to accomplish but He also said that, like, you know, when I was making, when he was making Batman, the biggest luxury that he was afforded was the luxury of time, right? Like, we have movies, like, Batman Begins was 2005, Mm -hmm. Dark Knight was three years later, and then Dark Knight Rises was four years later. That would never fly today. No. Like, yes, we're seeing it with, like, with Bond, which is a little bit different. Like, Bond's going to have six years in between releases. But, like, when you're looking at just, like, superhero genres in, in themselves, like, you need to have... A movie, you need to have a temple almost every season mm-hmm. if you want to like survive as a studio. Mm-hmm. Right. And now, especially with
2: COVID, it's even harder. I'm trying to look into the future and try to see what is going to be the next genre because superhero films are not going to always be mm-hmm. that huge movie. What is going to replace them? Like
1: how we had westerns at a certain point and well, space films. Now it's, yeah, definitely. It's... I think it's just, I just think
0: it's these giant, I don't think it's going to be any specific genre because. Again, yeah, like the MCU has, people have been saying one of the superhero bubble going to collapse mm-hmm. even way before the MCU started, right? Mm, yeah. Um, but I, th- I just think that the movies that are going to really survive in theaters are going to be the giant blockbuster ones that bring in money worldwide all the time, right? Mm-hmm. I-, I don't know, like I don't know if we're ever going to see a Martin Scorsese film. Like, I mean, Wolf of Wall Street did amazing, but yeah. after that, has Scorsese had like a real box office. Big box office straw,
1: right? And he sold his last one to Netflix, right? So that's right. kind of why it's hard to even gauge that. And I also wonder would The Irishman have done well in theaters? Like if it actually did a proper A theater proper run? theater run? I don't know.
2: Did, uh, did Goodfellas do amazing in theaters? Did it? I, I don't
0: feel, know. I feel like, Shay, do you want to pull that up? Because up. If, I
2: feel like Goodfellas did well in theaters because like, it's, so, it's like held up there. Yeah. It's this huge movie, but I don't feel like it made the money that. Like you think you would make because it's this praised film, right?
1: But what have made like 100 million, 200 million. So it, the budget for the film was about 25 million and it made about 46.
0: Okay, which is what in today's time, but like that's still so it's 1990. Right?
1: That's still a
2: lot of money, right? Yeah, like, but like I, if you were to look at now, he, oh, if for sure, his movies are 250 million. And dude, I, I remember like looking at the box office for Batman
0: Begins, we were talking about it on last week's show. It's like Batman Begins made 355 million dollars worldwide, which. Again, how we measure movies now, like, oh my God, that's a flop mm-hmm. but like it's it's almost like we're in a we're in a system now where it's like if you don't make a billion dollars, then your movie's not considered as successful
2: right It's crazy, yeah. it's crazy to think that yeah, and it's just the, the world we live in, and it applies to a lot of the things that we do. We work all the time in a sense like you you work seven, five days a week, eight hour shifts, maybe more, and you're constantly working you don't have time to you're right. You, we live in an environment where it's always a go, 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 right. go, 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 go. Scorsese, he's Italian, so he comes from an environment <laughs> where it's like, yeah, you work and then maybe yeah. you take some time off in the afternoon. You watch a couple pictures, you, you make, know? And you go back to work after, and you really like, you live life slowly.
0: Right. You make some fresh mozzarella,
1: that's it.
2: <laughs> so, what's the inflation calculator saying? So, the budget would have been
1: about 50 million for the film, mm-hmm. and the. um. Intake would have just been about just just a little south of uh, hundred million. Okay, which is still like basically, successful it, movie it, at the it time basically it makes back its budget. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I wonder like, how a film like Godfather did. I'm right. Curious. I'll look. I'll keep looking. Right. But
0: but it's interesting though because like a- again like those films like let's look at all the the winners of Best Picture at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. None of them are really huge box office megabusters. Right. Like they're just oh they made they made money. Like, oh, like, wow,
1: Godfather did really well,
0: right? Jeez, was Godfather two hundred forty six million? Wow, that's amazing
1: compared to the forty six that Goodfellas did, right?
0: But also, but we also have to think nineteen ninety versus nineteen seventy two. What other movies were playing that year, right? Mm-hmm. In that time, right? Because like, it's like that's so relative to the time too. Where again, we're going to talk about the nineties movies next week, but like the nineties felt like there was a big movies all the time where.
2: 1970s yeah, it's the it's renaissance like, of this type of movie right you know consistently coming out it's crazy it's it's crazy when you think about it. like
0: we we watch like barb and star for example and like that has such a high production value that would have been considered like a huge movie back mm-hmm. in the day but now it's just like it just kind of comes and goes like mm-hmm. like this the, the quality level i guess just changes too and i guess that's why when we kind of look at a library of a of a streaming platform or whatever. We just could kind of see it as, Oh, it's a lot of content. Yeah. I get it. I get where he's coming from. Yeah. Let's keep talking about some, uh, future movies here. Danny Elfman confirms he's scoring Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. This is coming from inverse. Danny Elfman is heading to the multiverse. The acclaimed musician and composer tells Inverse He's returning to the MCU in a wide ranging interview with Inverse about his newest single Elfman confirmed. He is scoring the 2022, movie dr strange in the multiverse of madness with director sam Raimi. i am starting to do bits of pre-work for dr strange 2 that sam Raimi's directing elfman tells in verse even though i don't start it for some months there's bits of uh, bits of recorded music they needed for sets the film will mark a reunion between elfman and Raimi, who worked together first on the 1990 superhero noir dark man followed by spider-man in 2002 and spider-man 2 in 2004 Disagreements between Elfman and Raimi led to the musician exiting the franchise for 2007 Spider Man 3. In years since, the two mended fences, mended fences. interesting, and collaborated once more for 2011's uh, Oz the Great and Powerful. You guys remember that movie, Oz the Great and Powerful? I remember that film. Yeah, man. James Franco. Jimmy yeah, J- Franks. Jimmy Franks. Um, what do you guys think about Danny Elfman returning to the MCU? And now scoring Doctor Strange, Shay. I'm gonna
1: get you to open this up here. Um, look, Dan- I I will um, acknowledge Danny Elfman's years of hard work and his. And <laughs> it sounds his... like you're about to fire him. I, it sounds like <laughs> <him>. <laughs> I know. Look, here's the thing. I'll, I'll honor his all his work. He's done great things. He, you know, the Simpsons theme alone is is notorious. You think about Spider Man, all these things that he's done. Yeah, Batman '89. Batman '89. Yeah. I think it was when Justice League came out. He really soured himself for me when he was all like, "No, the only true, you know." Batman Batman's theme is mine. Is mine, or like Superman's theme is the one from the Richard Donner films. It's like okay, I, I, I get it, but you know, it was like the old dog trying to come in and change everything up, right? And I didn't dig that. And he kind of like he rubbed me the wrong way when that happened, right? So I'm kind of nervous about this score that he's gonna make for for Doctor Strange because Doctor Strange score was was really good. Yeah, for now, Michael Giacchino yeah. just killed it with his score. Really, really film. good score. I just I hope it. You know, Elfman has his style. But his style always seems very 90s to me. Like I know when I'm hearing an Elfman score, for sure. And I'm afraid that it's gonna give me those kind of vibes. I hope he does a really cool job with something very different. But he just sticks to the same format. So yeah, let's I,
0: see. I just want again like the Doctor Strange score is one of my favorites in the MCU. It's one probably that I, I've listened to the most just because I just love that like that just kind of the mystical baroque sound that it, he does like what Michael did with that. And I just hope that continues in the sequel. Like, I don't want Elfman to be like, no, 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 no. Now I'm, I'm going to, like, reinvent this completely. Like, yeah, you could reinvent it, but don't throw out, like, the exists. baby with the bathwater, as they say. You know? Don't throw out, you know that saying. Is right? that the same. That's say, the saying. Don't throw the
2: baby out of the window? No, yeah. Don't
1: throw the baby
0: out with the bathwater. <laughs> just,
2: just don't
1: throw babies, people.
0: Don't do it, and don't throw out the amazing score of Doctor Strange 1. Yeah. Um, Anthony, what do you think?
2: Uh, Danny hasn't like he's firing he's, him an, too? he's a he's <laughs> listen,
1: a 90s listen, composer. Danny, we all love you. <laughs> His, you <it's>, <laughs> Anthony and I are firing Danny right now.
2: <laughs> it's it's just for me. He is set in a time period of he's the with 90s. Scorsese, man, like he's but no Scorsese. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm like, the, we're talking about. His music, his 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 score sound very similar to one another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not my favorite score. Like I'm, no, I wouldn't want him to be on my movie. No, <laughs> I think <laughs> but, no, because I know it's going to have like an Ed, you know, Edward hand sound.
1: you know strings come here. Yeah, 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 and it's just he's
2: very like stringy, very like brassy, like. He's not experimental, and that's no. I think my biggest complaint with him is he doesn't experiment with different t- types sounds. of sounds. Right. Yeah
0: we got like um you know obviously he he worked a little bit on the score for Age of Ultron which Brian Tyler was originally doing and then he came in and I didn't like what he did with the Avengers score. No. And then it makes sense why for the seek for Infinity War and for Endgame roosters are like no no no, let's bring in Alan Silvestri back because why wouldn't we? Yeah. Um and then obviously we got the Justice League score and I'll never forget the night the Justice League score dropped. It was before the movie dropped. It was the week before and I listened to it and I'm like this is not good. No, and i I love listening. To, I love listening to to movie scores. Like, I have like them all categorized on my phone mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I was so disappointed hearing that score, especially after Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman. Right. And the score just wasn't good. So, like again, I think I'm hoping that he 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 works on what's already there, keeps those themes. But man, I'm 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 more curious. The only thing that makes me excited is that he's working with Sam Raimi on it.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I'm, I'm glad to see them back together, but again, like Anthony mentioned, he, he doesn't experiment. And I think the biggest thing that's been kind of happening lately with a lot of composers, um, because there seems to be so many now compared to like back in the nineties and the early '70s. where it was 80s, like the same ones. You have like all the three time, yeah. that rotate. Yeah. Now <laughs> you have so many. So to keep it fresh and to keep it entertaining, I feel like everyone's trying something different. Like I look at Ludwig, for example, what what he did with Tenant and what he did with Black Uh Panther. Panther yeah. He experimented and those two films don't sound similar at all. No. Mm-hmm. But yet it's the same composer. You know when Danny Helfman's scoring. That's right. the thing. Like you'll know when it's him. Even even to some degree, you know, John Williams. Yeah, John
0: Williams, Hans Zimmer. I think these these composers of like see, that did big blockbuster
1: films, like they have that that sound to them. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, he'll still, I think they still at least attempt right a different style. Especially Hans. He'll, Hans, yeah. He'll, yeah. he'll definitely try different yeah. things. Especially like Man of Steel. I mean, his yeah. work on
0: Man of Steel, he's like, let's do something completely different. Yeah, exactly.
1: You know? uh, but, and, and I'm never going to insult John Williams. So, I mean, no. I will. He, he can do the same thing yeah. all the time. John Williams sounds the same. But, but he's so, so
2: good, though. Yeah, that's good. Good for him. But uh, <laughs> you're firing him, too? <laughs> I'm firing John Williams. Would you Williams. want him to make your movie? No. You wouldn't have him score your film. No, no. What if it was called like Anthony Space? Maybe Oscar? in the eighties, I would have him score my film.
1: But he were not born then.
2: I, I was born. He scored your you birth. Were born eighty so so five. So five year, four years at four years old. I eighty nine. I, I can still make a movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Eighty nine. He could score my movie.
0: Okay. That's the last year, though. <laughs> that's the last
2: year. Yes, that's it. <laughs> right. And then after that, we'll give we'll give it to Danny. Danny yeah, can yeah. take the nineties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then two thousands, we'll give it to Hans. And then the, twenty ten and onwards. Twenty ten and onwards, we can give it to. Who's my favorite? Uh, Lud- Ludwig is really good. Shetty and Sylvester. Like, there's so many yeah. now. Which should... is good. That's a good thing.
0: <laughs> we yeah. should, as we should. Howard like, Shore. That gave me like. I like enough. Howard Shore. Yeah, that I like gave Howard Shore me much. And James Horner. Right? Yeah, yeah, and James Beast Horner. Too. Ja- yeah, James Horner. James How- Horner's one of the away. So James yeah. Newton Howard is still alive. James Newton Howard is still alive, yes. And uh, like um, Thomas Newman. And oh, Thomas and Trent Tren- oh, yeah. Attic- yeah. See, there's, there's like, so there, many... They're doing different there's things, There's so right? many people now. Um, we should do a topic of the show one day where we make a movie... Like, we all, like, okay, who's gonna play you in the movie about your life and who's gonna score it, who's gonna direct it. I like that. Oh, That'd be fun. Well, ben Affleck. Ben Affleck's gonna play you? Yeah, he always plays Okay. Him. When he's hitting the bottle? All the time. <laughs> 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 but one thing we can't say is that John Williams will not be the composer of it. Yeah. Or Danny Elfman. Uh, Continuing on with the news this week, again, another draft pick. Donald Glover sets rich Amazon overall deal. This has come from Leslie Goldberg of The Hollywood Reporter. Sources tell The Hollywood Reporter that Atlantic creator and star has exited his pact with Disney-owned FX for a multiple-year, eight-figure overall deal with Amazon. The pact is believed to include a content channel of sorts that will spotlight Glover's work and other curated content on Amazon Prime's Video Hub. Additionally... Stephen Glover, who wrote and produced on Atlanta alongside his brother, has also signed an overall deal with Amazon. Amazon declined content. Sources say um Malia Obama has joined Malia. Oh, Malia, sorry. Malia Obama has joined the writing staff for one of Glover's first projects in Amazon. This is again another kind of pick, another big actor. Don Glover is huge. I feel like he's cooled off in the last couple of years since like um han solo and atlanta kind of wrapped up mm-hmm.
1: so we haven't really heard of him too much in the last no, couple of years but he's been quiet
0: uh it's another big pick that now he's going to be on team amazon
1: yeah it was that was pretty much as soon as like the lion king came out and then oh the lion king yeah, well, after. and then after that he just went completely
2: silent right um didn't he came out with his album last 2020 2020 yeah right but it was it was more like a a shadow drop right it was a shadow drop of like also
1: like older stuff that yeah it seemed like just like random mixes um some of the tracks that he had already kind of like previewed a long time ago so Mm -hmm. they were just finally mastered i guess but yeah he's been really quiet i mean i I love donald Glover. i've been following him since the you know Derek comedy days so to see him where he's at now uh i'm very excited i'm very excited I, i i'm Curious about this whole Mr. and Mrs. Smith thing that's still yeah, because that that was like that was the announcement that we're just like oh okay he's he's going to start to come back now yeah so it's, it's still in it's still just weird I don't know I don't know what to say yet because it's it's just interesting right
2: I'm my biggest surprise is Disney not capitalizing on Donald yeah and him going to a completely like a different brand right than he's used to because he's been working with FX. Well, we'll say he's been working with Fox for a bit, right? Because right. he was doing FX, and then he did Lion King. He's done yeah. all this stuff culturally. He's he's yeah. shown himself to be this you know diverse person, and right. he's doing all these amazing things for for his his culture. Mm-hmm. Why not sign him up? Yeah, and allow him. And it's just it but seems strange that he's going to
0: Amazon. He did the movie with Amazon last year, though. Was it Guava Island or what was it, like, two, Mango Paradise or something? Three years, yeah, or like, well, like, and that, three years no Guava was, it? was it three years ago? With Rihanna,
2: oh, let's talk about Rihanna. Where, where's her album? <laughs> Happy belated oh, birthday, right. Rihanna. Where, where is your twenty nineteen? I'm like, whoa, yeah, April twenty
1: nineteen. Wow, yeah, it was two years Which ago now. That
2: yeah. I don't know. It, it came and went. Like, it was what was in, it called? Sorry, Guava Island. Guava Island. Yeah, yeah directed by Hiro Murai. And that's also another big. His, his partner. Yeah, yeah. is he going to be following him? I'm assuming. I feel he will. Yeah. yeah. Also, what happens to Alana? So they're shooting
0: we, season three and four back to back. Oh, that's good. And. That's all we know. Like, we don't know if they're going to have a. That'll probably be season. it. I feel like that'll be it. Yep. for Because FX shows, like, other than, like, Always Sunny, like, you don't really hear of too many FX shows that are, like. Well, there's. The um, American Horror Story. but American those are, like, Wars. anthology series, though. Like, himself, right. like same cast type deal, right? Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Again, like, I would have loved to see him stay with FX, but maybe Amazon's just going to.
2: Good for him. A, like, a better partnership day, this for is him. Good. I just. I'm, I don't know if he would make a huge impact. Under Amazon Prime than he would if if this was like Disney or Netflix.
0: You know what it is, man. Honestly, like as bad as is this to say, and I don't think he's saying this just for like the money, but I think Amazon has like some of the deepest pockets. Yeah, and they signed him for an eight figure deal. Like we don't know what that is. It's still disclosed. Like they probably threw a lot of money at him to be like, hey, you're doing the show with Phoebe Waller Bridge. Like she's she's on our team. Just join us. So. We'll we'll fund whatever project
1: you want. I feel like you'll have more creative control yeah. with Amazon than you would with Disney.
0: Yeah, and at the end of the day too, like FX, yes, it's owned by Disney now, but FX is still a, a small company. They oh, still yeah. it's just because they're under the umbrella of Disney doesn't mean they have the pockets that like Amazon Prime is going to be willing Correct. to shell mm-hmm. out. Right. So. I wouldn't be
1: surprised if years down the road we see Disney just completely shut down FX and maybe move those shows to something else or do something else with them. Like maybe push those all to Hulu or something well, they are now already right, right,
2: but like I mean like completely like FX as a brand just Disney maybe needs, Disney maybe. needs a mature audience mm-hmm. platform, yeah. right I think they they would lose tons of money without that, yeah. that platform, and rebranding FX is that thing you can't put under Disney, but with you know star coming out right tomorrow
0: tomorrow in Canada or today as you're listening to oh this. yes, today yeah
2: um they have a huge opportunity to really hit that market
0: yeah and and i don't think star i don't think disney really needs to get rid of like different productions that they own like with 20th century studios and uh fox and searchlight pictures and Mm -hmm. i think they could just drop that on those services i don't think it matters as much like the name that's in front but yeah who knows what they're going to do with it
2: i think the bottom line the biggest question like for me is do these studios care about winning awards or winning subscribers? Subscribers. Listen, we, have we
0: seen a best picture winner that's been a streaming service movie yet? We haven't yet, right? Roma was nominated, but it, but it wasn't like best picture winner. No, we haven't had one that's on a streaming service. No, this could be the year that that happens. You know, there's a lot of the best films this year.
1: This year, definitely for sure.
0: You know, and I'm not talking about like streaming first in the sense of PVOD. I mean like a netflix original film yeah. an apple tv original they've film. been nominated so far prime yeah they've been nominated yeah, yeah I, I think this year will be the year that a
2: streaming service will win best picture oh no i don't know what was uh manchester by sea didn't win best picture no, no but it no.
0: also wasn't a streaming service movie was no. it an amazon it, it was, was amazon, amazon studios yeah. but it wasn't it was still a theater released it had a proper theater run yeah
2: oh, Okay. Yeah. well where
0: i feel like now when they when studios do that it's just same day it's like streaming and theaters right right Netflix had I think the most nominations last year Mm -hmm. but I think this will be the year that an original film for like either trial of Chicago 7 for Netflix or one night in Miami for Amazon like soul
2: for see would soul can be considered a streaming because it was it what came out on streaming but
0: it's also in theaters elsewhere in the world like I think in I think they were saying in China like the box office for it is like amazing but yeah, like, I, I wouldn't consider Soul a Disney Plus original movie. It's still a Pixar movie that they decided to release on Disney Plus.
2: But, is but it's, just, a weird, it's a weird yeah, line, right? Yeah.
0: Let's, let's, let's talk about a movie that will most definitely be coming to theaters unless they sell it. Edgar Wright to direct Stephen King's The Running Man at Paramount Pictures, Simon uh, Kinberg's genre films producing. This is coming from Mike Fleming Jr. of Deadline. Paramount Pictures is making a deal with Edgar Wright to develop and to and to develop to direct a new adaptation of The Running Man, the futuristic novel by Stephen King that the author first published under pseudonym Richard Bachman. This won't be a remake of the 1987 film that starred Arnold Schwarzenegger. The Baby Driver writer-director will co-write the story with Michael Bacall, and they and they will be much more faithful to King's best-selling novel. Uh, Bacall will write the scripts. It's interesting because like you don't really see Edgar Wright directing things that he doesn't write. Mm-hmm. So this was this was a big uh, big announcement. So Shay, what do you think of this?
1: Is this also the first time that uh, Edgar Wright and Simon Kin- Kinberg are kind of playing together?
0: I think so. Yeah, because Kinberg's been very much in the Fox camp, and yeah. you know. Uh, Edgar Wright was with Sony, yeah, with for Baby Driver and for the Cornetto trilogy. I'm not too sure if it was Sony releasing those, but I'm not too sure either. Um, but yeah, it's 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 interesting. Like, I'm I'm curious to see that I I never Wright have, is directing a, a Stephen King novel. Never, things, right? I I would
1: never have guessed that this would happen. I was under the impression that for the longest time we'd be seeing Edgar Wright just doing Edgar Wright written films. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the closest thing we ever got to it was when we heard he was doing Ant Man. And then after that fell through, I was like. Okay, yeah, he'll probably go back to doing you know his own films. So let's let's see. Uh, Universal Pictures for the international for the Coronado trilogy. Ah,
0: okay, that makes sense. Yeah, Anthony, what do you think about this?
2: It's an interesting story to. Well, it's an interesting movie to remake. I don't, I don't know if you guys watched Running Man. It doesn't seem like an um an Edgar Wright type of movie, but he is remaking it in his vision. But um, I'm I'm curious to see what he does with it. Cause this is his first time he's taking on, we'll say, I, I don't even want to say like, It wasn't even that big, but a movie that has cult, uh, what was it called? Um, a cult following. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's, he's now remaking it into his vision. Cause running man's, I, I recently watched it a couple of months ago. It was, it's, yeah, a, you dope, did post about it's that. a dope movie. It's interesting. It's our, a character who goes into this, gameplay this show that where he has to face off against a bunch of these other we'll say criminals and survive
0: yeah but again like i'm just more surprised that it's edgar wright doing it yeah. you know because like edgar just, wright is very much like i want to like he's like let me write what i write and let me let me direct this and yeah it's just it's, it's, it's i'm just so like i was shocked when you sent this to us anthony i was like oh my gosh like
2: he's gonna be Right or like, I guess adapting somebody else's work—that's really interesting. It's mm-hmm. fitting though, because he does create his own cult classics, mm-hmm. and he's right. working on a cult classic, so it makes sense. And maybe he has a, like this deep connection with Running Man. Yeah,
0: and we know this year it was supposed to come out in the spring, but in the fall he has his movie coming out. uh Something Soho lights. Soho lights. So why light. are you saying it like that? I'm not sure why
1: I'm saying it like that.
0: Um. Yeah. So. Yeah, like so that, that's an original film that he'd, he's done. So
2: I wonder when this will come out. I really wonder. Well, is Arnold Schwarzenegger going to be in it?
0: I don't think so. I think so. Last Night in <laughs> Soho. <laughs> that's it, Last Night in Soho. I was like, is it One Night in Soho or something like that? Yeah.
2: Uh, some quick
0: updates this week to wrap up our news this week. Uh, Jesse Plemons joins Leonardo DiCaprio in Apples Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, He's taking over their lead role, so Leonardo's going
1: to be a supporting actor in this. Yeah, yeah. Leonardo's stepping to another role.
2: Yeah, I'm not really pleased about that, but... Sure.
1: <laughs> Why not? You don't like this
2: with I like DiCaprio more than Plemons. Wow. Plemons, then, uh stepped
0: down from Jordan Peele's next film to And he was supposed this, to be uh,
2: Jack in Titanic. Here's, a, here's <laughs> the thing with Clemens. Clemens <laughs> is he's a great actor, yeah. but I feel like he is very similar to, in all his movies. He has this style that he uses and it's just like you could took game night and you could take judas and yeah. it's just the same style of acting he, he just kind of has that it's stoic it's very thing. similar to denzel washington great actor yeah. nothing against him love him but denzel he's denzel and all they, his movies. but they have
0: his thing yeah and and, and and you see that in breaking bad too with him as yeah well,
2: right? and you can't say that about leonardo DiCaprio because you, you literally see his characters are different in yeah. every movie
1: i think i think Clemens. Can have the career that Hoffman had, Philip Seymour Hoffman, not David David Hasselhoff. I was gonna I say, say like Harris. I was gonna <laughs> say <laughs> Hoffman. <Solicity> Hoffman. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna compare him to Harrison Ford. I, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, that's also going too. But I, I maybe because they look alike. That's why I say Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh. But Philip Seymour Hoffman, you know, he was the the best friend in all those movies and comedies and dumb things like that. And then just <laughs> Capote came around and he flipped and became this amazing actor yeah. yeah i think martin scorsese sees something in him like that and i think we're gonna get something like that yeah. from him too
0: and he was in, also worked with scorsese on the irishman right so it'll be nice to see them team up together again yeah that's true uh 824 to produce and
1: finance ari aster's next pick disappointment boulevard starring Joaquin phoenix i'm here for anything ari aster does i've loved both the films so far that i've seen and
2: i'm excited anthony yeah like i don't think this will be a psychological horror Based on, the name is an interesting one. Yeah, it seems like. Based on Joaquin, that's what I also
1: think that it won't be either. Yeah,
2: but let's see. I don't. I don't see him doing. I don't know. But it just. It it feels like. uh, Inherent vice, you know. It's just. Yeah. Is that type of that type? But you never know. You never know. Heads might roll you know <laughs> faces might get crushed you know swedish people might host parties True, you know people's you heads might may be pubes. chopped off with
0: piano wire who knows uh the Ray director gareth evans signs exclusive deal with netflix sets tom hardy led havoc as first film this is another netflix signing somebody to a first look
1: deal and gareth evans has been quiet like when's the last film that he's directed well he's been doing the series uh gangs of london gangs of london yeah on sky which i want to watch um but yeah he's been quiet his last movie was Raid 2?
2: Oh, yeah. Wow, yeah. Do 2014?
1: Yeah. I know that they're making a Raid remake right now for the American audiences. Is he directing it still, too? He's not, but he's, like, you know, probably, right. like, a consultant on that. Yeah. It's like trying to sound like, why do we need... Why do we need... We already have We already Dread. have it. Dread you know? was pretty much close enough to the Raid.
0: Wrapping up the quick updates this week, Zack Snyder's Justice League will be available worldwide in all markets on the same day as the U.S. on March 18th via on-demand digital download, linear, or streaming. Hopefully, this means that we could buy it on iTunes at midnight because I want to see this in 4K. 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 I don't want to see
2: square. 4K square. Dude, like, man, I I keep seeing the square and it's just like. Ugh. Can you, can, I, can, <laughs> can you just I, fill in the sides, Can you too? just fill in the sides? Like, I don't have an IMAX yeah. screen. <laughs> I don't have one, either. You, you know what it You is? know like, your audience is going to be watching this at home, not on an IMAX screen. I
0: just wish, like, they're like, yeah, they preserve it for the aspect ratio. I'm like, yeah, but, like, yes, give them more top. But, like, you could still, like, just have more on the sides, too. I'm okay not to
1: see, you know, his ears, Batman's ears. <laughs> you know, on, I'm you okay you know, to on to the Apple TV, bit. you can double tap yeah, on the controller to, zoom to just in. zoom in. Like, yeah. Yeah.
2: As long as it's 4K, it should be okay. But like, <laughs> I get you, Zach, and I get like you just want to make your movie. But no, he's
0: literally just you, like you're I'm making doing a whatever movie for
2: your audience who wants to watch it in a way that's they're so you know so accustomed to watching. Mm-hmm. Put it on widescreen. Yeah, jeez, that's how we want to watch it. I wish, I wish, or fill in the screen. You know, like yeah, how they just do, fill in the sides. Don't zoom do in. With, just fill in the with side. the Mandalorian Wandavision. Just yeah. zoom in like fucking. Uh, what are you showing me in two two frames or two you know inches off the ends? Nothing. Oh, it's that secret letter. Fucking <laughs> someone's showing. It's like oh, it's Superman. It's like, yeah, they're
1: like we're missing like the biggest thing ever. Like Superman yeah. and Supergirl just flying over. Like oh, that good
0: thing we yeah. saw that. But like, you could you could tell like when you see the shots, like the shots are very long that way. Yeah. Right. Like when you see like there's like just the framing of it. I'm like yeah, like he shot this like because they didn't shoot it with IMAX cameras. I don't think. I'm not a scientist, I do But, know. like, it just it just looks like, man, just, just zoom in a little bit, you know? Give us the full look. Uh, last little bit of news this week. Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead comes to Netflix May 21st, and we're going to get a trailer this week, too. So this is his zombie heist Return. thriller movie. Return to Zombies. Return to Zombies. Not written by James Gunn this time. Not written by James though. Gunn. Uh, but, yeah, we'll get a trailer this week, and it's going to be on Netflix. So... It looks like Zach's just going to, uh, again, Netflix just has deep pockets. Be like, yeah, make whatever you want. Mm. I'm excited for this one. I I hope it's good. Me too. Let's get into some trailers. 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 That was a long one. Okay. We got a bunch of different trailers this week. So we started the week off with Biggie. I got a story to tell. This is a Netflix original documentary. We got Cruella reminiscence mayor of east town mortal kombat the mosquito coast mythic quest season two and a bunch of trailers for apple tv originals i think we should just start off the conversation with cruella Mm -hmm. so
1: what'd you think of the cruella trailer um yeah it was okay i i watched it and it didn't really stick with me um i really like emma stone so i'm i'm excited for this film but i also feel like this film has been in production for like ever it feels like yeah I feel like we saw that picture of her Cruella so long ago. two and a half years ago, I think. With yeah. the dogs. With the yeah. dogs. Oh, wow. Right? Um, and this trailer kind of just came and went for me. Um. It didn't really... I don't know. It didn't do much for me, but I'm still excited for this yeah, character. It,
0: look, it looks interesting. I think I, I like the setting of it. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious, like, okay, what are we going to do with Cruella? Because at the end of the day, she's all about skinning puppies. Yeah, it's right. kind of hard right. to humanize her. So like, I'm just curious, like, are they just going to go full on she is committing to being a villain and this is just going to be her movie cuz mm-hmm. like i'm down for that but you also want to make it that something that's interesting and you want to root for her or at mm-hmm. least be not necessarily root for her but be on her side in the movie mm-hmm. right
2: well it seems like there's another cruella that she's dealing with and yeah. maybe that's her you know mentor that something happens between them who knows but um i'm trying to figure out who this movie is made for yeah. cuz i don't see a lot of kids yeah or people ask about 101 dalmatians or Cruella. she is a huge character in the disney world right but is she enough of a character to bring in an audience
0: my cousin has been like messaging me saying like hey like because she knows like we review movies and stuff she's like i want to see this Cruella movie when's this trailer coming out and she's 10 and when i send it to her and she watched it she's like oh that kind of looks like a little scary, you know. Like
2: so, Dude, I was, at, <laughs> at certain points, and like, there's fire. There's a building on fire. She's on her motorcycle, yeah. like in London, and it's just like, man, it feels very like this dark ethic, night. Yeah, you know, like, like this. This look. almost feels
0: like like oh my god, why am I blanking on the director right now? Who? American Hustle and Silver Linings Playbook. Uh, oh. David
1: O. Russell. David yes. O. Russell.
0: Like it kind of gave me like that kind of vibe. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, like this just feels like we're taking a serious take on a. On a on a villain right now, so Mm. I'm very
2: very curious to see. Uh, Like she looks great as she does, yeah, she does. I
0: I think just the the set decoration and just like the the look of the film looks great. I'm just really curious to see what this movie is actually going to be. And it comes out in May. Yeah, is this coming to theaters in May? No. Okay,
2: Anthony. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, okay. Anthony's He's just like, are you even asking? Yeah, like, you, you have, ask me next year if movies are coming out. Okay.
1: <laughs> ask him next year if movies came out
0: last year. Okay. Okay.
2: Um,
0: we haven't done trailer in the week in a long time. Oh, big time. Uh, but I think my trailer of the week may share the same sentiment with you
1: guys. I don't know about Anthony though. Mortal Kombat.
0: Oh yeah. I did not expect this trailer to be as hype <laughs> as it was. Was that? Was that? Was that? A that was bunch? a cough. Actually. Oh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I love this trailer. I've watched this yeah. trailer like four or five times. Since yeah. Because this looks cool. Like, honestly, I think it's going to be super, like, dumb in the sense of, like, it's silly. It's a, like these are, a, there's a fighting, it's fighting in this movie. It's It's, it's a video game fighting movie. Yeah, yeah. It's but, Mortal Kombat. But it literally looks like they just looked at the game. They're
1: like, let's make this. Yeah. And, and it, feel was, like it looks the, great. The consensus that I've been seeing on the internet is
2: that people are hyped. Like, they mm-hmm. really liked this trailer. My opinion changed for this trailer after oh. listening to the director break down the trailer. It seemed like the director who made this movie was really passionate about making a Mortal Kombat film mm-hmm, and he was right. really passionate about where it came from and its history and how he brought how he even built this trailer. So it feels good that he's really in he's taking this 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 um Like universe? This universe and making something out of it. So I'm changed my mind i i wasn't like oh my god like no, shay no, no, like shay was a- like best pitcher, best, best actor scorpion best nominated <laughs> now scorpion he <laughs> <Scorpion? laughs> shoots get over here like,
1: if he doesn't win best actor i'm upset Oh
2: um, God, how is this not going to get best? Danny Huffman
1: is doing the score, right?
2: <laughs> who's doing the score? I don't know. Check. Um, <laughs> best picture. But yeah, it was... Fuck good, fellas. This is all about Mortal Kombat. Yeah. It, I liked it. I enjoyed the you know the fatalities. I'm looking forward to hearing or seeing the, the story of Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Hmm. Um, I'm wondering where Johnny Cage is. He's not in it. That sucks.
1: Yeah. yeah. From what I read, uh, they they don't have him in it. Um, you know, the character that we meet, Cole. He's he's a new character. He's basically taking the audience through this experience. Right, right. Um, but I, I'm I'm excited for you know, like whenever you you heard I am Sub Zero or. Yeah. Get over here! Get over here! It sounded like it was from the game. Yeah, it I think visually, that's what got like, me excited. The
0: effects looked good. Like there was there was only the Ooh, the one yeah. shot of uh, Kano. Yes, that I was just like, oh, the laser, laser, eye. the laser
1: eyes. I was just like, yo, that doesn't look, look good, bad. dog. And I can't and I can't tell what's happening that because his eye on the right is the one that's supposed to have lasers. Yeah, out of it. but I just wish we saw it from that side. But in the trailer, though, it looks like it's his left eye doing it. Right, and, and that's why it looks so like awkward. <laughs> and yeah, yeah to- it is his left eye, <laughs> um, but it's supposed to be his right eye. But if, it has late, it's, if the camera was facing yeah, him, it's his left. Come but here. his left is the one shooting it. So I'm like, did yeah. they change it up? Did they change it? Yeah,
0: but it just, it, but it just looked awkward because like the way it's framed. Because he's like his mouth is open too. Yeah. So I'm like, this, that's the only shot in the film um, that, with the exception of uh, what's his name, Goro, Goro, that I was just like, yeah, like, but at least Goro like it looks like he belongs. You can pass it. You yeah. know, it's possible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was dope. Uh, Benjamin Wallfisch is doing the score. Who he did it chapter two. It's it chapter two. Um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine with oh, Hans. Nice. So cool. It's a good oh, good yeah. composer yeah. there. No, I, I'm excited for it. Oh, I, and the Invisible Man as well too, which had a dope score. Oh, a yeah,
1: very good good score. I, I, again, it's it's Mortal Kombat. It's a video game movie. So really, how good can it be? I don't know. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm very I'm very nervous of the fighting it. championship. Well, like, you movie. can
2: say that about how good can. Uh, a movie about Lego, be Avengers, be you know, right. it's it's super. Like a track, you could make a something. Track record there
1: though, right? With, with movies based on video games, don't have a good track record.
2: Yeah. Well, it's so, so it's surprising because video games make so much more money than yeah. movies, and but they we enjoy their stories. But they always change it up. That's why, like when we look back at Assassin's Creed, the
1: first troubling sign that we heard was oh this game this movie's gonna take place more in the modern day 80 percent modern day and we were like but we don't play the games for the modern day we play it for the assassins part right and then that movie sucked ass because of that and then everything (laughs) else and like i look at sonic for example i had fun with sonic but the movie is a road trip and you have the fastest character in the world the fastest character in the world does not need to be in a car it completely negates yeah, the like, character. Fu-
0: fundamentally, like, I get, like, you can make the argument, like, yeah, but he just wanted to be with people. I'm like, yeah, but, like, when the whole point of the movie is that he needs to get something that he left in New York City. Yeah. And you make a character that you could run around the world in, like, a blink of an a eye. Blink. Like, there is a fundamental flaw in your movie. Yeah. There, and right?
1: the moments of that film that I really liked were when they visit those places in Sonic's universe. Right. I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like, uh, rolling, like rolling, rolling, hills. rolling, green, hills. rolling green hills. And yeah. then when you see, um, doctor, um, the Eggman, what's Egg, his name? The, the, Dr. Dr. Robotnik. Robotnik. That's it. Yeah. Um, at the end, you know, he looks like just like from the games. Very, very cool. That's why when I'm looking at the Mortal Kombat trailer, everything about it screams like it's from the video game. Right. Like the way the characters enter, you have Raiden, who's got like these like lightning bolts hitting him right. while he's coming back down. And I'm like, okay, you're honoring the source material. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why I'm excited. Yeah, it looks
0: honestly, it looks cool. Like the effects look great, and seeing Sub Zero like freeze a piece of blood from a bunch of blood from Scorpion <laughs> yeah. and like stab him with him, like some really cool. I I just hope like they they lean into it. I think the these movies like are at their best when they really lean into the source material and don't take themselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, like not to compare it to Fast and the Furious, but Fast and the Furious at this point knows what it is. Mm-hmm. It's not trying to do anything where it's like. Yeah, you know what? We're gonna drop, we're gonna parachute cars out of a helicopter or out of an airplane. Like they're so far beyond at this point that they don't care. But I think with this, they're at least like, okay, let's let's look at the what make the game so great, and let's just put that on screen and tell mm-hmm. a story with mm-hmm. it.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Are you looking forward to a character that's not shown that you might you're <laughs> hoping will show up?
0: Did you see like the article this week? Like, oh, why isn't Chun Li in this in this movie?
2: And they're like, well. uh, Look, so here's the thing: If Mortal Kombat does really well, that that allows another Street Fighter to be made.
1: Who owns the rights to Street Fighter right uh, now, in terms of film rights? I would say Universal. I'll
0: find if, out. But yeah, who do you want to see in? The, who are you looking forward to most seeing in Mortal Kombat?
1: Uh, you, honestly, like I'm, 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 a little old school. I really wanted um, Sub Zero and Scorpion when I got them. Um, Molina was really cool. I didn't, I didn't think that ever put her so i'm glad to see her there i'm curious if she's gonna have like a full like jaw that extends down with the sharp teeth um lu kang yeah everyone that i saw in the trailer is kind of who i wanted i'm trying to think if there's anybody else that i can't think of um reptile looks like
2: a reptile which is interesting but yeah
1: i think i got everyone i wanted you anthony
2: um well i wanted johnny cage yeah johnny cage is a big big one for me um but yeah, it's like Shang Tsung is, is another big one. Yeah. We'll see. What do you think
1: is hinted at in the film?
2: Right. I think you see him. Yeah. Right? Um, but yeah, other than that, like, Jax is already there. Sonya Blade's there. Mm-hmm. And then who's the, who's the villain from uh, uh, Khan? The villain from the sequel of Mortal Kombat.
0: Oh, the Annihilation one?
2: Or Mortal like the, the main villain of Mortal Kombat, not shang Tsung, the other dude. Uh, Shao Kahn? Shao Kahn. Shao Kahn, yeah. yeah. Him being in the background or something. Remember when he shows up in the end of Mortal Kombat? Oh. Those are rough graphics. I can't man. wait for us to go back well, and watch like those movies, though. So. that's But it, it's... Ponyms, dude, I remember yeah. watching that in theater. It was like 1995. I don't know, VHS. It was fantastic. And I love
1: the poster for it. Yeah. They yeah. just kept it simple. The song? Oh, oh my gosh bum, 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 and the bum, fact that bum, the, the trailer bum, bum. for this one kind of had it at the end that was yeah really
0: cool. oh I, that was like that's that was like my get hype moment for this trailer so i was just like oh man they just brought in that theme song yeah it's so good uh answer our question the 1994 street fighter movie with um jean-claude van damme jean-claude van damme was universal uh but the the last one i think this last and kirk kristen kirk one was street fighter the legend of chun li mm-hmm. was 20th century fox so I don't know if they still have the rights to it or if it's just Disney making. <laughs> is Disney going to make a Street Fighter movie? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that movie was awful. As much as I love you, Chris and Kirk, that was not a good. No, film. It was I'm it. so sorry. Um, any other trailers this week that stood out to you guys? I know Mythic Quest. It was. I was so happy to see a trailer for that. Um, any other trailers this week stand out to you guys?
2: Um,
1: no, Myth- Mythic Quest is probably the one that
2: I also yeah, Mythic that Quest. Mosquito Coast was really good. Yeah, all right. Um, With Justin Thoreau. Yeah, because it's it's it looks like it's a Apple original. TV series, from what I've seen, um, and it kind of has this ambiguous story where this family is like uprooted from where they're living, and they have to kind of get out of wherever they are. And it seems like there's some history with this family, or at least the mother and father. Right. I want to say like they're assassins of some sort. Okay. But um, it looks it looks really good. All if right. you guys are curious,
1: um, back in 2018 October. A company called Liquid Media Group picked up the rights to 65 video game properties from film, and Street Fighter is one of them. Interesting. Yeah. The um, other ones that they have in there are NBA Jam, Bust a Move, NHL Breakaway, um all Star Baseball. Yeah, I'm
2: looking for the NHL breakaway, breakaway.
1: Yeah, right. Like what really weird films, but they also they also do own the rights to. Um, it doesn't say for how long, right? But it's yeah, Street Fighter.
0: Interesting. All right, we'll we'll see. We'll see if anything comes of that. Out this week, Star is coming to Disney Plus. So if you are a Disney Plus subscriber and you're listening to the show right now, pull over, pull over, open up the Disney Plus app. You have Star, which gives you access to thousands of new shows and movies from the 20th Century Library. They're all there. Watch them. Deadpool, Deadpool Aliens, 24, 24, <laughs> no. uh, Modern Family, like all X-Files. of these, X Files, like all of these more adult leaning content. I think it's it's all the drama's there too. And, they, and Disney's been marketing this hard. So they've been watching like the Leafs games this week. And I think every commercial break has been like a Disney Star trailer. Yeah. So they're going hard on this. Minari is finally out this week. So you could rent it on PVOD this week on whatever streaming service you like. Cherry is coming to theaters. This is the Russo Brothers directed film, which we will have a review out this week. Mm-hmm. Tom and Jerry is coming out to on PVOD and theaters this week as well, too. Billie Eilish, The World's a Little Blurry, is coming to Apple TV+. Plus. And The United States versus Billie Holiday will be on Hulu this week as well, too. So we got a lot of stuff. Uh, I think the Disney star stuff is the most exciting, but... Oh, and Minari, obviously. So um, our our review will be out this week. So make sure you listen to mm-hmm. our of that.
2: Minari, I, think, I think United States versus Billy Holiday, which we haven't seen yet. We haven't watched it. yet. It's getting no. huge, huge buzz, and Andrea Day is looks like she she's going to be a huge competitor for Best Actress. You think so? I'm eh? with um, um, Francis McDormand. Yeah, we shall see. Or yeah, and I keep forgetting um, uh, Kirby, but. I don't know. Kirby's kind of like I feel. I haven't heard. I haven't, heard, I haven't heard
0: too much about Vanessa Kirby yeah. the, at this award season so mm-hmm. far. Uh, guys, what are we watching this week? I'm going to get you to start us off, Anthony.
2: So uh, this week I watched a bunch of different monster movies. Um, I started off with Godzilla 2014, and then I went to Godzilla 1998. That's the one with Matthew Broderick mm-hmm. in New York. Uh and Hank area. A area, and then I put on Pacific Rim because why not it was on i think netflix and i've been looking for this movie i didn't ha- i don't have it in my library so i'm like oh this all makes sense godzilla yeah godzilla again and then pacific Rim. have
0: you seen pacific Rim: uprising
1: no oh you don't watch it, <laughs>
2: don't, don't, watch
0: it. I mean, don't
1: watch it i mean I, you know what i'll say watch it because i just want to see i want your anger and passion
2: to come out about that film yeah Really. That's
1: your homework for this week. Yeah, Watch man, Pacific Rim. I feel Grim like uprising. you're going you're gonna to have so many things to say about that movie, and I'm excited to hear what they would be.
2: Pacific Rim was a great movie visually. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, the it- fight sequence in, I think it's in Hong Kong? I think so. With the... With the boat and yeah. the water sequences. It's just like
0: wow. And that movie had no right to be as good as it was. No. I think I'll be honest, like I was I hated the trailer for that. I I, I still hate the trailer for it. Mm-hmm. The whole we're cancelling the apocalypse line that oh, yeah. Idris Elba always yells it like. It was really good. It was good, right? Yeah. Um I hated it because like yeah. twenty thirteen, we were at the movies a lot, that trailer was always on. Oh yeah. And like, I, I just hated it, and I didn't think the movie looked good, because the trailer wasn't good. And then I saw the movie, I'm like, oh, wow, that was actually a lot of fun. Yeah. You know? And then the sequel came out, and it was like... The worst. That's, that's on my barometer of like, oh, is it amazing, or is it Pacific Rim uprising? Mm-hmm. So, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on it. I don't wanted. know if I want to watch it now.
2: <laughs> um, I put on Gunnam, which is Battle Alita. It's the, origin- this is, it's the first will say, video release of Battle Alita. It's the anime version of it. Okay. Um, and then I watched uh, Alita Battle Angel, which right. is the live action. And You've seen ra- it before, right? I've seen it before. I wanted just to compare the two. Right. I haven't read the manga. I just know of the manga. Right. But very similar storyline. They took the first two volumes. The actual, the, the anime, which is Gundam, is very short. It's like an hour long. Right. But they go through the same type of story where, you know, um, she's found, and then she becomes this assassin. That's uh, I forgot what type of warrior she is, right? And then her her love interest escaping type of thing. It, it all is very similar. Sure, Lita is visually it's it's crazy how good it is and how bad it is, right? Because sequences look amazing, and then some sequences just don't look amazing. Okay, okay. Um, but I I love. The whole Battle Alita environment—it's cyberpunk. It's cool. It's, it's very it's really cool. cool. And here's a character that's, you know, innocent, but she's like this, like the greatest cyborg mm-hmm. assassin out there. Mm-hmm. That whole bar sequence when she takes on everyone—it's cool. pretty cool. Pretty pretty cool.
0: It's it's great because you watch that, then you watch my other favorite uh, anime this week. Stanley Tucci searching for Italy.
2: <laughs> yeah, so that was a CNN original. I watched it too this yeah, week. Yeah, it was really, really well done. I've been seeing commercials where it. If you know, if you're if you're watching CNN, you'll always see this. You know, Stanley, Stanley Tucci always going to be visiting Italy you know? type of thing. And they hyped it up really well. So I watched it last Sunday, and the first uh, episode, he's in Naples, and he kind of goes through the history of Naples and where they are and the different foods and how they make. Pizza. pizza fried pizza which is something i never had before
0: mozzarella that he makes yeah. that's
2: why i said mo- like when i was talking about scorsese
0: earlier because i'm like man like i could go for that mozzarella right now that looks really good
2: yeah it was a it, it's one of those shows that you want to eat after yeah but uh really well done and then you got ma rainey's black bottom which i watched on netflix really really well done uh movie i i would say Watch it for the performances. I think Viola Davis and um this is Chadwick's last performance mm-hmm. and what a performance that he puts on. Right. Um, well warranted for all the awards that he's nominated. Do you been think nominated.
0: he'll win? Do you think he'll win Best Actor? Because that's that's there's been a lot of hype that he may win.
2: There is a big chance because he's done he does a really, really good job. And the story centers around um Ma Ma Rainey. Yeah. Who's um uh, <laughs> who's like a she's the mother of blues. And at this time it takes all place in the it takes place in the thirties and you know, music is now being grown, like people are music can be recorded and distributed. Right. So Ma's making a song called Black Bottom. And Chadwick's character, Levy, he uh he has issues with some of the music that she makes. Right. Feels like he wants to put his take on it. Right. He's a trumpet player. He plays the trumpet. Yes. And he uh he butts heads with uh Ma and it's just great performances on both end. It's very stagey, it's based off a of stage play. Right. So there are some sequences that just look that would probably be better on the on, stage, on stage, especially yeah. the ending. Right. Um, but the performances you forget about that staginess because the performances are so well done.
0: Right. That's awesome. I'm excited to see it. Honestly, like it's one of those films that when we got it in December or November, when, when we were going to originally review it, honestly, man, like, I just, uh, it's it sounds silly to say, but I also wasn't ready to watch Chadwick yet. Like, mm-hmm. I've been having such a hard, I've been yeah. wanting to watch Black
2: Panther. He, he looks so different in this movie. You he know, looks... He's skinnier in he's, it, right? He's, he's super really skinny, thin. Yeah. But his performance is so yeah. strong. I gotta watch him, man. And it's like, during this, he's battling yeah. cancer. And yeah. it's just like, where did he find this? Passion and drive to pull off this character. What a, that's what a, why I encourage her audience to go watch it because yeah. it's, again, it's his last role, and you 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 see this character come out of him, which is amazing. Um, Snowpiercer, which is fantastic. The show, right? The or show? The, oh, okay. Yeah, the uh, Snow season Piercer's, two is on, season on two. right now. Right. Saint Maud, probably my f- favorite movie of 2021. 20, wow, that's great. I really like it. I really dig it nice um yeah we we'll, saw it we'll, too we'll talk about it once we all we can talk it now yeah we'll yeah, like, talk about it now st mod right let's talk about st mod i know we didn't do, do a review but this is a movie that was supposed to come out in 2020 yeah got postponed I think 2019 actually yeah 20...
0: 2019 was the original
2: uh wow. release date yeah. in the uk but um what a film and i know this has been out in the uk for a bit but um
0: it's it's definitely uh it's a supernatural horror film, would
2: you say? I wanna say it's a almost like a religious a, it's a religious psychological psychological, psychological horror. horror. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to say supernatural yet. No. Maybe. I think that's up to our audience to decide, mm-hmm. but I I would say it's more psychological. Yeah. This
0: film reminded me a lot of the film that we watched with Sundance Censor. Just yes. because there's a lot of it where I'm like, okay, is this going on inside of our head or is this is this real? Yeah. This film though, genuinely unsettling watch. Like yeah. throughout. It's a slow burn. Which leads to the sense of dread that you're going to be watching throughout. But man, like this entire movie, I just felt uneasy watching it. Yes. I I almost wish that it had more scares throughout it because I just felt like so uncomfortable watching it that I almost wanted to be scared more. But I think that sense of dread did its purpose where, like, where where you do get those moments, it was like even more unsettling, Mm -hmm. you know?
2: Um, I thought this is the first directorial debut yeah. for uh, Rose Glass. That's her name, Rose Glass. And she written it, she directed it, she got it picked up by A24. Yeah. And you know, A24 does an amazing job picking movies, and yes, it is a slow burn, and it has interesting concepts to it, but what a story. Yeah. It's, and for our audience, the story is this hospice nurse who um, gets a job taking care of a a, choreo- a, a, a dance choreographer who's uh, has yeah. terminal cancer played
0: by uh, Jennifer Ale. Yes, yep.
2: and she she has this divine like idea that she, her job is to save her soul. Mm-hmm. Right. Maud's job is to save her soul because Maud has recently become enlightened by God. Right. So there's huge like religious theories behind it and you feel like you know she's doing a good job but then some twisted things start to happen to her yeah. and she starts to you might see it in the trailer. She starts punishing herself, very religious things, like very. Right,
0: and I think that's what always makes me so unsettled because those are the those are the horror films that scare me the most. Is whenever
2: they religion. kind of bring religion into it, yeah. and you're
0: just like, oh, it just because there it's, it's there just, are, are true are events, right? Like those right. are true
2: events, but um, man, the score for this movie is fantastic. It just adds to the creepiness of this movie because the score. If the I don't think if the score was that good, I would feel that creep creeped out, right? Or like that scared of what is going to happen next? there's Uh, yeah
0: i think it's it's definitely one of those films that it's a slow it's a slow burn and then when it does take off you're just like okay it's it's, it has you now i think yeah i think for me like if i give my recommendation if you see if it when it eventually comes to a streaming service definitely add it to your queue like yeah definitely check this film out because if you want something that's genuinely
1: unsettling this is going to be that movie for
2: you what about you shay
1: yeah, for me, um, you know, the film clocks in just about 80 minutes or so. 82 minutes, I think. 82 minutes. Um, for a film to be that short, I I was hoping that, okay, this is going to pack in a lot of scares or a lot of unsettlingness um, in such a short period of time. But I found myself, the first half of the film, just kind of bored. Um, I kept wondering, okay, when is it going to get really creepy and intense? And when it starts to get really creepy and intense, I really dug it. I was really there for it. Um and then the ending happened, and I thought that was really cool, really well done. But I guess maybe it didn't leave me with the same impression that it did for you, Anthony. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think it's a bad movie or anything like that. Yeah. I just think maybe I wanted to be scared more. And I'll be honest, I'm a little bitch. I'm. I don't. Like, I can't do scary but films.
0: That
2: ending sequence was. And yeah. that's the thing. The There's ending, a lot of moments
1: that like that we I just
0: kept like flinching because I'm like,
1: oh my god. The like ending reminded me a lot of Censor, which we watched at Sundance. Did you watch No, I didn't watch yeah, it. Yeah, so I, I think if you liked St. Maud, you would probably really enjoy Censor as well. Um very similar themes. So yeah, um it it I wanted something that was comparable to Hereditary or Midsummer, and I got something that was close. Right. But I didn't get it all the way. But I still think, yes, it's, a, it's an enjoyable film. And if you like horror movies, I can't say, like, oh, sit down with the family and watch this movie. No, 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 man. Don't this, this do is, that. But, you know, there's a lot of uncomfortable moments. Like we talked about the one that was in the trailer with the needles and the shoe. Yeah. And, like, oh, like, yeah. It's yeah. Absolutely unsettling. Performance-wise, phenomenal. And it just overall, it creates this dread. Yeah.
2: yeah, Dread. Yeah. Saint dread. And there's a huge underlining aspect, and I don't want to reveal it to our audience. I think our audience would, yeah, go once on they the see journey, it, they're like, sure. oh, this is what this movie is truly about. Yeah. Um, I also put on The Dig, which is a Netflix original film, and it stars uh, Carrie Mulligan, Ralph Fiennes, and Lily James. It's a story about um, an excavator, played by Ralph Fiennes, who is hired to start to excavate a land that is owned by... Uh, Carrie Mulligan's character. And he finds this archeolog- archaeological um, boat from, I think, the Anglo-Saxon time period. And this oh. all is happening during the 1930s. Okay. So the brink of war is happening right. as well. But beautiful performances, really well shot, and it's based on a true story. It's based on this, um, this dig called the Sutton Who, the historical dig. And it just tells you where the world was at that time, this amazing, uh, let's we'll say, uncover of a historical right. finding with, they found jewelry, and they found uh, all reminiscences of boats, and just, it, it's it's an interesting movie, because it's, for me, like, it's very, I don't know, I don't want to say, like, Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones, it's nothing <laughs> like that, but like I like when things from historical times right. have are uncovered
0: you know it's it's so interesting though because like i feel like discoveries like that like they were so substantial that they were enough to make a movie off of them right <laughs> yeah but then you have this week we literally landed on mars and it's just like yeah it happened oh yeah you know it, it just another just so, on mars you know it's just it's just so funny seeing the comparison of like events in history and like our i guess just irrelevance to
2: society at the time yeah. right?
0: yeah it's just it's i just i just find that so interesting
2: the, the story is loosely based on the characters as well, because mm-hmm. they, they're playing at different ages. And right. There is a little bit of drama built into it, very similar to, like, The Queen. Sure. Where, like... They take liberties, but take, they'll... Yes. But the one thing that I found the m- most interesting was Ralph fine's character, who's, his name is Basil. He's an excavator. All he does is dig. He's no, he's not an archeolog- archaeological right. you know, professor. He's not an archaeologist. Archaeologist.
0: Archaeologist. (laughs) archaeologist. Yeah, so he's
2: nothing like that. All he knows is the land and how he digs and how, like, the soil, and and he uncovers this thing. After all this whole shenanigans happens and he finds it, he's not credited for the find. Aw. And that's a huge part of spoilers. Well, it's it's history. (laughs) Like, it's just, that's part of it. But he was later found, like, he was credited later later on. And I think this movie, if you watch it, credits him even further. That's good. Uh, what else did I watch? I watched WandaVision. WandaVision, wan- WandaVision.
0: And uh, what is it? It was Agatha all along? It was Agatha. Oh, my God. That damn song's been stuck. In- that song is a bop, man. Like, that song's been stuck in my head all week,
2: or the last three days. <laughs> yeah. Agatha all along, baby. And then I watched Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. What inspired that watch? Well, I'm getting ready for Justice League and Zack mm-hmm. Snyder's cut, so I thought, you know, let's, let's start where it all started. Batman vs. Superman.
1: Oh, okay. Where else was Man Steel?
2: Yeah, but like, (laughs) I mean, like all the characters that. Right, right. And I put it on and I watched the Ultimate Edition.
0: What was it like watching it? When's the last time you watched it? A couple years ago?
2: A year ago, I would say. Yeah. And yes, there's great aspects to this movie, but it's just too much happening. Way too much. It's like six movies in one. It's literally six movies in one. You got Wonder Woman in there, you got lex you got doomsday you got got batman the death superman you got batman you got this political like story that's just
1: right you you are like it's like the whole are mutants okay in the marvel you know know, but it's
2: just it's not well written to the point where you feel like that was like it's just lost even the beginning sequence what i was so confused i was always confused what why this sequence in the beginning of the movie when they're in the desert is so important right right because and then it's like not her well whole written plot, yeah
0: because her whole, whole whole plot line is like well she's lying i'm like okay but like is that was that necessary like it just feels like like that was like could have been a deleted scene that we didn't we didn't need that like we didn't need like oh the superman can't see through lead stuff or she like the bullets and the the like, yes, like all of that all stuff. Bad. Like like that was just so, so much you're extra. You're creating
2: like, like this military thriller, but then you got all this other stuff, yeah. and stuff. it's too much movie. You know? You should should have just focused on Superman and Batman. You know, saying like all the president's
0: men and Batman and Superman are fighting. Dude, you know? What if
2: they did the story of here's a guy in Gotham taking control of like who's vigilante, he's taking down criminals, but he's taking criminals down really hard. Yeah. He's branding them and Superman, who doesn't know anything about Batman, hears right. about this and starts to investigate. There's your
0: story. Right. That's it. And that's it. But, f- but the thing is, too, like, and, and that's where I think where the issues lie, because like, Batman has supposed to have like a long history already. Batman's supposed to have been doing Batman stuff right. for the last 20 years. So, like, how is Superman not? People think he's a myth. People don't think he's a myth. So, I don't think they did a really good job of kind of really laying the groundwork of who is Batman in this world okay. for them, right? And like and Metropolis and Gotham are now kind of like sister cities like Philly and Pittsburgh Yeah, they're of like not sister of, cities,
2: you know? So it's, I think it's, Gotham is closer to Star City.
0: Yeah, so like it, it's just it's just interesting like the changes they made and like sure I get it but there's just so much happening in that movie and again. I like the movie so I really like I'm 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 a Batman for Superman apologist, you know? But there's just so much and I think the last time we watched it, I think Shane and I watched it what like a year or two ago. 2 years ago maybe? Or last year? Was it last year? Yeah, yeah, we watched that. It last I was like, year. man, like you just
1: you just start during to see during the beginning of the pandemic.
0: Yeah, you see the the threads, just like man, like there's there's potential here, but you got to pick a lane, almost, yeah. right? So that's why I'm curious, like,
1: what's the snatter cut gonna be? Four hours of that. Four hours of that. Listen again, but, uh, but. I, I I enjoy Batman vs Superman, but. I know its flaws. I'm aware of them. Yeah. You see it. You, see you know them. you know it. But I'm also not in the camp of the vile hate that no. it No, this I movie is unwatchable. It, it's not. I don't think it deserves that. You know, not at you know? all. Yeah. Silly. Silliness. Silliness. And that's she- it. That's it. Shay, what have you been watching this week? Oh, man? me? Yeah, you. Okay, well, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. um, I watched uh, the series on Vice called Hate Thy Neighbor. Um, I don't know what inspired it. I've, I've never even heard of it. It's on Crave, right? It's on Crave, Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I just hovered over it, and it was about a comedian who goes to visit uh, a bunch of different racist groups across <laughs> yeah the world. And I'm like, oh, well, I know racism. So then I was like, okay, let me go watch this. And I really enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. Um, the host of the of the series, Jamali, he I, I I enjoyed him sometimes, and sometimes I found him really annoying. But I still found the the light that he was shedding across all these different. Hate groups was very interesting. A lot of them, maybe, I didn't think as... You know, you, you, you see the movie versions of the KKK, and then right. you think about, oh, there are still KKK out there. Right. And then when he goes to go meet them, and Jamali, I believe, is he's half black, half white, so... They're all, and but he looks extremely Arab. That's the weirdest part about it. So he he's just trying to pick all the yeah the, the racists. <laughs> oh yeah, once, and then like the, the the hate that he gets, and then but, but when he's walking with them, every time he's talking to these racist people, they always say, "Oh, we're not racist, but we hate black people. Right. We hate Muslims." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's kind of that's racist, though." Like, I don't kill people, but I yeah. killed that guy. Yeah, like it, it was it was weird, and it was just so interesting, and I I. Plowed through six episodes so quickly, and I I recommend it if you have uh, crave, give it a watch. It's just very interesting. It's a good character study to watch these people. Um, the next thing that I watched that you and I Daniel we, we can talk about is yeah. uh, it's Free Britney.
0: Free Britney, yeah. So we watch this. Uh, I, like we I've been seeing a lot of social media. Mm-hmm. We've been seeing a lot of it on social media, and like people getting mad at Justin Timberlake and stuff like yeah. that. And then I'm like, okay, let's, let's, let's put it on. Let's see what it's all about. Hulu. Um, so it's a Hulu slash FX documentary. And by the
1: New York times.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's about like how, and and it was interesting because we just watched, I care a lot as well, which is on our, our, the movie podcast. Mm -hmm. If you want to hear a review about like guardianship and that kind of stuff. And it's all about how Britney Spears, um, her, basically her father is now her guardian and he controls all aspect of her life. And, I think that's as deep as the documentary really goes. Did you watch it, Anthony?
2: No. I um, just know the story from what I've been hearing. You know,
0: and, and I think that's I think that's one of the things that disappointed me with this documentary. I think is that, yes, it's bringing to light what's happened to Britney Spears is awful. And I think that needs to be corrected, of course. But I also think that this, this documentary just feels a little shallow in the sense where it feels more like it's a fan-made documentary. Or it's just more like a collection of clips rather than it really trying to say something it does documentaries just feels more like a news report Mm -hmm. in the sense of like oh here's our here's our piece on this is what's happening to the free britney stuff right Right. and there's there's the stuff with justin timberlake in there but it's also like from the way social media kind of made it sound like like oh we're coming to cancel justin timberlake and i'm not excusing anything justin timberlake said like he said stuff that was like Really mm. shitty of him mm. as a guy, like being a stupid, uh, being or stu- like saying stupid guy stuff, like quote unquote guy stuff in mm-hmm. that time, right? The, the locker room talk, you know, the locker, locker room, room talk, as they say, which is like awful, awful things to say. Yeah. but it was also like literally like a ten second clip of him, and then it just moved on, and I was like, oh, is is that it? Like not is that it, but like I I just wish that this this was a documentary that really dove into stuff more. And it just because it it just used so much of like tabloid footage and and like paparazzi, and it's like this this documentary is condemning the
1: paparazzi, but all of the footage in this film is, like, from, from the paparazzi, from the paparazzi it, you know? It feels like the startup of a, right. of a documentary. Like, it's about to get its heels on, but the movement didn't really pick up until 2019, I'd right. say, right? So, it's still very fresh. So, it, 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 at, at most, this movie was done in 2020 when it's still in the beginnings phases of, right. this, of this movement. So, again, yeah, it feels very early. There is a lot that I learned, though. I mean, For sure. again, I... I really enjoy Britney Spears. I've yeah. loved her music since I was a kid and I still listen to it now. But it's but I never paid attention to what was going on in her life. To now see all this kind of coming to light, it's definitely scary, but again, it as a documentary though, it didn't feel like it was really
0: going anywhere. And and I think that's the big difference here, right? Like we're not talking like we're we're literally critiquing this as a documentary itself, right, not, not as what's happening to Britney, obviously. No, I'm very curious. Because that's, that's, that's one whole other thing. We're yes. talking about the actual
1: documentary that was given to us, I think, is, is very just thin. And I, and I think that for people like us who maybe weren't paying attention to what was happening with Britney and people that actually were paying attention and a part of it, I feel like if you know what's happening with Brittany, you're not gonna learn anything new from this. Yeah, you're not
0: you're not coming out learning anything new. But yeah. Yeah. But like even with this documentary, like you just wanted more like you wanted more, like you just I just think there could have been so much more done with this if you're gonna do it. But it also raises a good point of kinda like where we are with how we discuss mental illness now. Yeah. Because like we could openly talk about mental illness where when Britney's like, I mean, it was memes until even a couple. Like we still see today, like, oh, if you could serve, if Britney Spears could survive 2007, you could survive today. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like those are things that we all passed around and shared and laughed at, and then like you're not really looking at like this is like seeing then through the lens of today. You're just, like, man, like that's sick. everybody yeah. was awful to her. Like awful. late, like uh, like all the late night comedians were awful people. Jay Leno. To them. Like Jay Leno, like. Dave Letterman, like all like the like all those like those awful jokes about them. You're just like, Man, this is these are people's lives. Yeah. You know, and it it, it sucks to watch it. I just wish the doc like I almost want like a part two or just We're getting one from Netflix though, right? We're getting so. one from Netflix, sure. But like I just I just want it to be well made. I want I almost want like I wish Brittany could be part of it. Yeah, <laughs> you the, know what I mean? The problem
1: is they they interviewed all the B and C people, people right. that weren't as directly involved with Brittany as right. they should have been. Like, like
0: here's all these fans. are yeah. Talking
1: about her, which is great. Yeah. Or but like, oh, don't here's make... a paparazzi guy. Right. Or we're going to interview the the person who was in charge of taking care of her from her first album. It's right. Like, okay. I guess. But like, also these people could also just be looking for their 50 minutes of fame. They might not actually have any insight. Right. information. So I'm like,
0: okay, like Mr. Paparazzi, like, thanks for sharing your stories. But like, I'm not, I'm not trying to feel bad for you No, right
1: now. and they do that. They make you know? try to empathize with the paparazzi guys. Like, oh, man, yeah, when she hit my car with the umbrella, you know, I was really upset. I'm like, yeah, but you were shining a flashlight yeah. in her eyes. I yeah. mean, I don't think I, hate, I care I about paparazzi you. paparazzi so much. So you couldn't leave her alone. And they're like, yeah, we'd always ask Brittany how she's doing. You're not asking Brittany how she's doing. You're trying to gauge a reaction yeah. from her. Uh, anyways.
2: Damn, that was a... Pretty long discussion on Britney Spears. Listen, you know, man, I'm
1: I'm here for the free Britney movement, but just don't make a lame documentary about if it. If you
2: want to watch a really good
0: documentary, uh, Teenage Paparazzo. Have you guys ever seen that? No, it sounds like you made it up, though. No, no, no. It's a real. It's it's actually directed it like by, by Adrian. Sounds like
1: a made up film. <laughs> by, uh, made
0: teenage, by Daniel. <laughs> made Daniel Filmicaro. Uh, composed by Danny Elfman. <laughs> Danny Elfman. Uh, Adrian Grenier of all people. Oh wow. He uh, he directed it, and it's really interesting because it's about this kid who's a paparazzi and like he's kind of it's like a behind the scenes look at what paparazzi do and it's really scummy and stuff but it's actually a really interesting watch I definitely recommend checking All it out
1: alright I'll uh, put on this fake movie on my list <laughs> what else did you watch uh, I've, I've been going through Kim's Convenience on Netflix uh, a local Canadian television show which yeah. I'm hearing is getting a lot of buzz around the world now pretty much mm-hmm. and, uh, so I'm excited for them uh, I most started to watch it because of Simulu for you know Shang-Chi that's coming out Shang-Chi. this year next year this year oh my god is there man. any fighting in it Oh, so much. Dude, they fight the all the time in that convenience store. The whole show about a convenience store is just
2: it's, astrological fighting. It's, it's like crazy. Mortal Kombat in the back? Dude, it's like <laughs> Mortal Kombat,
1: yeah. Plus, um, uh, I want to say it's Diana Bang, uh, the the main girl from the show. I'll mm-hmm. have to look it up. We saw her at TIFF. We were like we were, like, Tiff, we were yeah. she was standing in front of us and we didn't know why people were asking for her autograph. I'm wow. I'm like who is this person? And then she turned around and I'm like, "Oh yeah, is Kim's Convenience We girl. also saw Katherine Hahn. We did see Katherine Hahn. Catherine and Han. And she was
0: right behind us. And she she literally we were standing in an area where she's like you guys and, <laughs> and then pe- then t- people like,
1: "Can you move?" We're like, "Why do we have to <laughs> move, Because Katherine Hahn's here like, "Okay, sorry. Okay, we'll move out of the way for Miss Hahn." so I'm really enjoying Kim's Convenience. It's a really good show to just kind of put on it's on Netflix. So give it a watch. Uh I watched The Born Ultimatum. Uh, Daniel, you and I just put on SWAT one night because we were in the mood for something that was a little old school. Yeah. And, you know, memorable. So we did that. I rewatched Judas and the Black Messiah with my family. They really enjoyed it. Put on Goodwill Hunting. Love that movie. It just I was missing Robin Williams. Um, so I decided to put that one on. It's not your fault. No. It's not my fault. Uh, after the Mortal Kombat trailer, I put on the Raid Two. Uh, and it's just weird timing with Garrett Evans also being announced for, right. you know, his uh, other film. So that was really cool. St. Maud. Uh WandaVision. Uh I watched Billy Eilish, The World's A Little Blurry, which uh, I can't talk about yet, so I'll talk to you guys about that later. Next week. Next week. Uh Ryan the Last Dragon and Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Yeah. Ryan the Last Dragon too will have a review. We'll have we can't say anything about that one either yet.
0: Next week, I wanna say. I we'll we'll find out where the embargo. March, is. Yeah, yeah. But we'll stay tuned for that. That's the big
1: Disney animated film I, just, coming I, out I noticed March. how I just slightly dropped it in like I know I I'm like that's a pretty head. big title also that, right? uh, Black Widow No Time to Die uh... <laughs> <laughs> wait hold on <laughs> uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings uh, Yeah, um,
2: dude, a little I actually films. said Raya and the Last Dragon Tattoo
1: it actually it's funny you say that because the whole film <laughs> is a remake of the Dragon Tattoo yeah it's crazy, really weird Disney take. Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, Barb and Star go to Vista del Mar. Interesting film, let me tell you. This is let's I, talk about that one.
0: That was, uh, I mean, Kristen Wiig and somebody else. So, Although I can't remember her name. Um, you kind of know what you're getting, like just from the trailers alone from this film. You know, you're getting a very strange movie. Yeah, this whole film kind of feels like a big SNL skit. But... Oh yeah,
1: Annie Mumolo.
0: Yes, and uh, who's the the guy in it from Fifty Shades? Oh, Jamie Dornan. Jamie Dornan. Um,
1: Really fun cast.
0: Really fun movie.
1: Yeah. A lot of laughs in this one. A lot of laughs. This is, uh, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the old Austin Powers films. Right. Anchorman. You take all those, you know, Wayne's World. You take all those films from the 90s that were SNL sketches, and you, you... prop them into today's world and it shouldn't work right it, it has no right to work anymore because those kind of films don't work anymore but man i had a, such a fun time with this film i was Just, laughing really hard really funny out, laugh out loud moments good good music as yeah. well good music great like chemistry musical.
0: between them like you like barb and star like never once did they feel like annoying characters no you actually liked them a lot
1: yeah you did like them um
0: but yeah this definitely feels like a 90s early 2000s comedy that like, but in would the best not, ways possible in the best ways possible yeah but it's, it's a shame that Like, not to stream that, like, it just feels like a Netflix film. In the sense of, like, man, like,
1: this feels like it would have been, like, a Netflix original and a lot of people would have been watching it. It's not going to do well PVOD-wise. I can't see it doing well. But if this movie was on Netflix, I guarantee you it would be February's top conversation. Yeah. You know, it would have been, like, that's what February is about. It's about this film. That was it, right? That's all we watched. That's, That's all, all you watched. I watched. Yeah. Okay.
0: Oh uh, yeah, for myself, uh, we spoke about Free Britney already. Uh, I finished up Your Honor, so the final episode came out. How about Brian you? Cranston show on Showtime. Um, you know, I'll be honest, I, I really enjoy the series. It's just this last episode was a little bit of a letdown because you you know, you're building so much, there's so many plot lines going on, but when this final episode kinda happens, it just feels so unsatisfying.
2: I it, watched the final episode. Did you watch the whole series too? No. <laughs> wait a I second was, so you were really unsatisfied dude <laughs> you're just like oh my
0: god this show is amazing
2: <laughs> i yeah i saw that last sequence
0: you know so you're just kind of just like okay like it, there's, it just leaves so many questions open and i, I was just kind of like man like the show needed like this feels like the second last episode where now we're going to get the fallout of everything we're now like with this episode right. it's like it's like ending Again, yeah, I'll use Avengers Endgame comparisons. Like ending Avengers Endgame after, like after Thanos gets snapped away, but you don't see anything else. You're like, hold on, but there's still so much things that we have to cover and like mm-hmm. kind of have resolutions for, and it doesn't doesn't give us that. So a little, I was a little let down by the finale, but it is a good show um Like Anthony, I was watching Searching, uh, Stanley Tucci, Stanley, searching for Italy this week. Judas and the Black Messiah, I rewatched. Inside Pixar, which is like a documentary series on Disney Plus, which is really great. I watched the first episode with like ken Powers talking about Soul and his inspirations, especially for the barbershop scene. So I definitely recommend checking that out. Each episode is like ten minutes, so it's just like enough just to kind of enlighten really something on, on, on you yeah. and you can learn stuff. So, yeah, so it's a really great series. Um, St. Maud we spoke about. Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, we spoke about wandavision and ryan the last dragon we all spoke about too so we will have reviews on uh raya march which is like next week at this point almost so i'm really excited for that so it's been it was a good week i feel like this is the first week in a long time we had a lot of stuff to talk about Mm -hmm. guys we made it to the end of another episode of the movie podcast this is episode 94 next week episode 95 we'll be back shay will be hosting and we're talking about 90s movies, radical dude the radical tactical movies of the Surf's 90s up <laughs> um do you know the original name for that movie yeah. almost was drawn to utah yeah crazy yeah, something else too like uh writers of the storm. Riders of the storm yeah like yeah. the song um yeah so we'll be back next week Shay will be hosting talk about all about 90s movies make sure you are subscribed to us on apple podcast give us our five star rating on apple Podcasts. we're on our way to 200 ratings um also this week make sure you're checking out the movie podcast feed on instagram and twitter at the movie podcast because we're gonna have a lot of fun 90s themed videos coming out we want you to be part of the show next week so definitely engage with those let us know your favorite 90s movies that was this time with the movie podcast and we'll see you next